this is Rob Coburn, and we are excited that you're joining with us today. If you're a part of the Summit Dover family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at the Summit Dover on all social media outlets and on our website, thesummitdover.com. We can get you plugged into our app or our YouTube channel, as well as giving options and opportunities to connect with the Summit Dover family all around the world. I hope this word today encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. So I just want to give you a little recap. Uh, Sometimes you watch and they they show the journey of people, you know, and so I'm just going to connect some dots for you. Uh, If you weren't here two weeks ago, then you wouldn't have seen the video, but Pastor Lamar and I did a little short video introducing what I was doing. So the uh, the well had a camp meeting out at the camp, and they asked if I would be the speaker on Sunday morning and of course when you're leaving your own church on Sunday morning you have a lot of questions for the Lord like number one am I supposed to go Um, you know number two if I do go then what happens here and so there's a lot of things that that go into pastoring that many of you maybe don't think about but there's a lot of weight that happens and so I went to the Lord when he asked when they asked me to come and speak on Sunday morning I said yes Lord I'll come speak and then I found out it was at the camp and so I, I just had this renewed boldness, okay? So you're, you're asked to go speak somewhere, and then you have to go under their anointing, under their covering, and you respect what goes on, right? And I honor them, and I respect them altogether. But then they came under my anointing in our camp, and so I said, I love to play by your rules, but today you're going to play by my rules. And so we did not definitely put seatbelts at camp, and so you need to get up and shout when the Lord touches you. And so we had people standing and shouting, and the Lord ministered for a long time, and people got set free. And so that was, that was what happened. And, and while that was going on, at the same exact time, you guys were all being blessed by our young leadership team uh, who was sharing about why they're even here. Isn't that always a question that you can ask people? Like, I see you investing, but why are you even here? And so uh, I'm glad that they got to share with you. I watched that back and just was so encouraged. And, and I know that as we do this more, that uh, the Lord will connect our hearts together more as a family. And so I'm excited about that. Then um, some friends of mine uh, had just witnessed what had happened over the summer and just all the, all the energy that, that we expended as a family, as, as ministering and doing all that traveling and speaking places and they said we just want to bless you and so you're going to get kidnapped because we know you won't go if we just say to go and so uh so it was uh some weather got in the in the way but uh but they flew an airplane into new philly and said get on the airplane and we're going to take you somewhere so i ended up in central new york around some awesome lakes the finger lakes of new york and um, I was there without a vehicle. <laughs> I tell you, I'm, I'm just going to be real with you. When you unplug, and I'm not talking about unplugging for the weekend. I'm talking about unplugging, like completely unplug. If you have lived a life of doing and going and going and going, it can be the hardest thing in the world. And I told Penn, that's, uh, so the Finger Lakes in New York, Penn Yan, New York, that's where Penn Clark, who preached here and told us about macaroni, by the way, it's getting closer to done, so I'm excited about that. But uh, if you haven't heard that sermon, go back in the sermon and look up for Penn Clark, and you'll see it, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. But we're getting closer to done, and I'm excited to eat some macaroni with y'all. But I got to go there, and, and in going there, just experience the peace of God and all of that. But I told, I told Brother Penn, I said, if I would have had a car, I arrived on Thursday. I said, if I would have had a car, I'd have been back in Dover on Sunday. But the nearest car rental place was like an hour away, and that means I would have had to call him to say, you need to take me an hour away to get a car to come back, and he would have told me, no, you're supposed to be here. So I was stuck. So anyway, the first few days of, of just like having nothing. So imagine this, everybody. You just take your cell phone and turn it off and stick it away. You take your computer, you turn it off, you stick it away. You have no media whatsoever. You are completely unplugged from the world on the outside except for you can see people if you go outside the building. And all you have is the Lord. 
It sounds like that would be the most amazing thing. It was on day four, but the first three days, uh, just your soul. Can I tell you? I'm telling you, I'm being vulnerable with you, but I'm just telling you there's people in the room that your soul has been going so much, you don't even know what rest is. And so you think you hear the Lord, but oftentimes you just hear the revving of your own engine. And he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you in a dynamic way. And so I got loved on by, by those people. I got to go to an installation of a new pastor of a church plant. Man, how much fun is that? Like you get to see something birth in front of your eyes. And, and I prayed with them and we, we all prayed together. And, and it was like, I know that somehow supernaturally, I can't explain it, but somehow the Lord had me in New York for the planting of this church and the man that is the pastor there, him and his wife, they were at the camp the week before whenever I preached. And so I got to hang out with them at the camp and we were just chilling out and, you know, whatever. I didn't even know they were going to be installed as pastors. We were just hanging out. And I got to be there for their installation. And I'm telling you, the Lord knits your heart together with people to see their success. And sometimes we're going so fast, even if you're going slow, like you sit around a lot, you can still be going fast. I knew I wouldn't get a lot of amens about that. But you can actually be sitting still and still going fast. And by going fast, even if you're sitting still, you can go right by things the Lord wants you to engage in. And so I want to tell you a story. So I began to walk because that was the only thing I could do to get my jitters out, you know. So I walked and walked and walked. They have a seven-mile trail to another lake. And so I'd walk that every day, and so got a lot of miles in, and then I rented a bike and did some biking all over. But um, I was walking back one day to the, to the apartment along the street, and I was just talking with the Lord. And, uh, and I'm, I'm walking, and I get a phone call, and Jen and I are talking for a minute before she was going to work, and it's sort of earlier morning. And, uh, and I see this guy down... I'm walking on the street and there's a parking lot down here and this guy, probably in his late 70s, early 80s, I would estimate, didn't ask him, that would be rude. But I see him down there frantic. He's just like waving at me. I told Jen, I was like, I gotta go. I must have a divine appointment. So I hung up with Jen and I walked down across the grass down into the parking lot. And then I noticed his situation. You see, the man had a trailer, like a camper, that he pulled behind his truck. And so the night before, he pulled in and parked in a church parking lot. And then the next day, somebody in the city, who knows who this person was, I didn't have any police officers I could call to say, hey, I need to figure out who this car is, right? So this car pulls in at the tongue of his trailer and parks in the spot right before the trailer. So he's frantic because he's got to be in Canada. Have you ever met somebody that has to be somewhere? So he has to be in Canada. So, so we're, I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what are we going to do? So this car is so tight that the width of his truck, when he, so the trailer is sitting, let's say, this way. He has to back his truck in this way alongside her car, or his car, whoever it was, to get under the tongue so that he could do it. So I thought, you know what? We'll just lift it and turn it a little bit. Well, lifting it with a 78-year-old man is, <laughs> I'm lifting it. And so we tried. Didn't happen. So I was like, hmm. So he's like, I'll back in there. So he backs in, and he's about that far off. Well, I knew we couldn't move it an inch, let alone that much. And, uh, and I said, sir, I said, I don't know if you'd let me do this, but I can back it in there. I believe I can get it right there where we need to be if you'll let me drive your truck. And he's like, I'm stuck. Like literally, if we don't get this out, I can't make what I need to make. And like, I'm distraught. He was visibly uh, unnerved. And so I went through, I jumped in the truck, I backed it up. He didn't have a camera, if you're wondering. <laughs> and I put it right on the pin. Now, that's not about me, because here's what happened. The guy starts jumping up and down 
and shouting, you did it, you did it, you did it, you did it, you, did it. you got it, you got it. I'm going to be able to go. I'm going to be able to do what I need to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he wouldn't stop talking. And I'm like, we don't have it hooked on yet. <laughs> this thing could move. We've got, we've got to make sure we get this thing secure. But he is rejoicing before it's ever over. Why? Because somebody with a skill, a gift, or a talent invaded his broken space that he needed fixed and did it. And before it was ever done, he was rejoicing. So the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, steps into your predicament. The thing that you're crying out for because you need it fixed right now because you got stuff to do because we're all in turmoil. So you got stuff you got to do right now. And God steps in. My question is, when do you rejoice? Do you rejoice on your way to Canada? There was this guy that walked up, and man, he backed my truck in. He got it all hooked up, and man, I'm driving along. Man, this is so good. No, 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 that's not when he rejoiced. He rejoiced when he saw that the answer was coming. He, he rejoiced when he saw the answer was near. Have you wondered how much the Lord would be so excited if he was driving your truck and you began to rejoice before it ever changed? The circumstance hadn't changed. He still wasn't hooked up. He still couldn't get out. But there was a movement happening, and he began to rejoice before it was over. Now, me, in the front of the truck, I was just like, yeah, let's hook it up. Let's get it going. I'm, I'm all excited. But then I stopped to think for a second, and I thought, man, the Father, if we just began to rejoice when we saw that he was good, or when we saw in scripture that he had something that we needed, if we started to rejoice before it ever touched our situation, how would that make him feel? And so we got all done and we removed the blocks and we got it hooked up and, and he's, he was sort of struggling to get some things done. So I was helping him and I plugged in the, the light cable to the back of the truck. And he's like, I'll handle it, I'll handle it, I'll handle it, I'll handle it, I'll handle it. And he said it maybe a hundred times. And I'm just picking up the blocks and I'm doing what I know needs to be done, right? And I plug in the electric and he's like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And, uh, and it plugged in and the lights came on on the trailer and he's ready to go. <laughs> and I thought, how often does the Lord want to plug us into his power and we're there like, no, 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 we'll do it. I got it. I got it. I got it all figured out, God. I will do it. You just go on to the next thing. I'll do it. So I plugged in the power. The lights came on. Things happened. And he goes, and by the way, my name's Larry. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm Rob. And he goes, well, I'm so glad that you are here. And I said, I'm so glad I'm here too because I'm not from here but I'm glad I was here because there was a divine appointment and I said Larry it was so good that I could use something that I know how to do to help you get where you need to get going and this thought hit me as he was driving off and I made sure he didn't hit the car I stood there <laughs> you got an inch you got two inches go on as I walked away, he pulled away, and as I walked away, I thought, how often does God step into a situation? We don't rejoice in the beginning. We want to rejoice when it's all over, and we're on the other side of that trial. And we begin to, we've, you know, he helps us, and we try to step in and say, God, I got this. Move out of the way. I got it. I got it. And yet we struggle, right? We're struggling doing the thing that he can do super easy, we're struggling to do it, and we're saying, no, 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 we'll get it. Why? There's lots of reasons. You can find your own, <laughs> because it may be pride. It may be all kinds of things, but that's your job to work it out with him. But then I thought, this whole deal could have happened, and I, as the person who came in to intervene in this situation, was totally happy to not have my name known I wouldn't have cared if he knew my name. I just did it because it was the right thing to do. But he introduced himself to me. 
I was now obligated to reveal my identity to him. Because that would have been completely rude. <laughs> you go and help the guy, and he's like, hey, I'm Larry. And you say, thanks, see ya. No. No, but, but listen. How many times does God intervene in a situation, and we wait to praise till it's over? Or he wants to do the work, but we try to push him out of the way. Or that he doesn't really need to be recognized, but we never tell him our name. We never engage him in a situation that reveals his identity to us. We just say, thanks, I'm out of here, I'm going to Canada. We don't even say to him, thank you so much, my name is Rob, and I know that you know me, but you know that I'm broken, and I can't figure it out. So I was thinking about Larry, and I was thinking, Larry, I don't know anything about his life, okay, other than he has a camper and a truck, and he needs some help. But I do know something else about him before I got there. Because while we're working, figuring this thing out, trying to lift it and all that, he says, you know what? I dropped this last night, and then whenever I came back this morning, this obstacle was in the way. And he said, I went to the church, which was there. He knocked on the door, nobody came. And so then he said, so I sat in my truck, and I thought, I'm going to wait until this person comes to move their car. And then he said, I got out of the truck because I was thinking this is never going to change. And I was starting to drive myself crazy. And I was like, this has to change. So he said, I got up and I started walking around and throwing my hands in the air saying, I don't know what's going to change. I don't know what's going to change. I don't know what's going to change. And then he said, then you came down and said something to me. And I said, but I thought that you said you needed my help. He didn't even know I was there. He was just throwing a fit. <laughs> you see, God will invade your fit. He'll come and visit you even if you're throwing a fit. See, I thought he was waving me down. He wasn't. He was throwing a fit. This person is not moving their car. I don't know when they're going to come back. I don't know how this is going to happen. It just, it has to change. I've got to get to Canada. I've got to get to Canada. And God sent someone in to change a situation he wasn't even asking for. But in the meantime, he was going to the door. He was throwing this fit. And I'm not picky on Larry because we're all Larry. And so my question is, wouldn't it be easier when we're facing a situation that we don't have the answer to? Because, by the way, later that day, like four in the afternoon, I walk by there again. Car is still there. Larry would have still been sitting there. But how many times do we throw fit? We get all anxious. We got this stuff that's got to get done. When all he would have had to do was make a phone call or walk three blocks to the police station and say I gotta get out of here can you help me but he would rather be in the stress of the deal come on somebody he would have rather been in the stress of the deal because he didn't think that anyone would help him and there's some people in the room, you're dealing with some crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And you're throwing your arms up, and God's actually intervening, and he's trying to hook you up to the Holy Spirit power, and you're saying, no, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and then in your mind, you say, God, I'll rejoice for your hand when I'm on the road to the next thing. And what he wants, he wants us to call out to him, to actually acknowledge that he's there, not by happenstance. We throw our hands and he has to intervene because we're making him look like a fool. I'll let that go through the room. Can you imagine, let's just, we're going to have a private conversation, Stephen. You all can listen in. If it hits you, you know, stand up and shout. But have you ever thought, that when we look like a fool because we're freaking out about something, 
then we make him look like a fool. When all we'd have to do is say, Lord, I need you, I'm going to be calm until you come and step into this place. And if it doesn't change for a whole day, I'm okay. I'm okay. You see, we get so busy in life that we don't wait on the Lord. Now, it says in Scripture, those who wait on the Lord will... Are you feeling weak? Are you feeling weak this morning? So, may the testimony of Larry change how you see your predicament. May the testimony of Larry, who was full of joy in the end. The scriptures tell us that the Lord is with us. He's in us, but he's with us in everything. Do we acknowledge that he's even there? Do we celebrate before he does anything? You see, I believe that the church, including this one, that the church, if we realized that, that the rejoicing comes just because he's there, before he ever does anything. Just that Jesus comes off the road and walks through a field and stands there that we actually understand he's our salvation of that thing. If we started rejoicing when we understood that, instead of waiting till the end, that our services would look a whole lot different. You see, because we wait till the end of service for some response. Pastor Rob's going to do an altar call and the worship team's going to go up there. And the Lord touched me in this one way, and so I'm going to take that to the Lord. Don't you think worship would look a little bit different if when we came in here in the morning and they started with the first song, which was amazing, by the way. If you start with the first song, which is normally the song, let me let you in on a secret. It's the song to say, get your heart focused on the Lord before we start service, okay? Not encouraging you to talk louder. Just saying. So it's get your heart focused on the Lord. What if, what if, because the scriptures say he makes his throne upon the praises of his people. So these people have paid the price, sacrificed, and they're making him known, which is praise. They're making him known. So we come into this room and they're making him known. Okay, you might not have settled your soul yet. Some of you still, it's 11, 12, and you haven't settled your soul. But you haven't settled your soul to focus on him. You're still focused on you. So what happens is they're praising the Lord, and it says he comes in when that happens. Okay, so when, when the worship starts at 10 o'clock, he's here. So my question is, and I'm just throwing this out there. By the way, I'm glad we're not doing slides, Kirsten, because there's nothing on there. Okay, so, so here's the deal. My question is this. If he makes his throne, which means he sits down, and that means that he is king in the situation, when we praise him, then why do we wait to celebrate until he does something for us? Why don't we celebrate that he walked off the road and he came into our situation and he showed up and there's hope? You see, I believe that the church is so empty of hope. So I was, I was sitting with Penn and I'll let you in my counseling session. Is that okay? So I, I'm sitting with Penn and, and he said, every time you talk about this certain topic, you're frustrated. And it's not you all. You're all good. I'm never frustrated with y'all. So it's this topic, and every time we talk about it, you're frustrated. And uh, I, just, I just think you need a different perspective. And I said, I'm open to any perspective, because anything's better than being frustrated, right? And he gave me a different perspective 
to the situation which brought me great peace. And I think sometimes our truck can't get to the hitch correctly and we don't even look to the Lord to give us peace because we only see one perspective. And the perspective that the Father brings is the connection to the Holy Spirit that gives us light. And so we go about our stuff and the things of this world pollute our thoughts and pollute our motivations. And so we're surprised when he shows up and we weren't even calling for him. We just get blown away that God showed up in my situation when I was having a panic attack, when I was frustrated, when I thought the world was falling down, God showed up. He's such a good God. He is, but you know what? He wanted to come because you wanted him, not because accidentally you were making him look like a fool. And he had to step in there and save his own reputation. Sometimes I believe God moves in situations just because we're making him look like a fool, so he has to show up to take his mind off, take everybody's mind off of what we're saying. So I want you to turn with me to a scripture. Psalm 1. If you've read through the Psalms, you'll remember this. So I'm reading through a bunch of scripture and like 1,500 pages of other books while I'm gone and just feeding and and living on the Lord and and letting the Holy Spirit minister and and all this stuff. And I said, Lord, I want to teach something that that will move our church forward, one that will make this a contagious place to be, Right? I want, to teach, I want to teach something of your kingdom that will make people want to come to this place to hear more about who you are and meet these amazing people that we call the Summit family. I want to bring forth a word for that. And I'm thinking, okay, we'll just do a, a study, a chapter-by-chapter chapter study of Acts. And the Lord's like, nope. I'm like, you know what? I, I, think, I think we all could learn a lot from Timothy and how, how Paul just you know, gives him some good instruction on how to be in order. Maybe that's what we need. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And the Lord's like, no. I'm like, okay. So obviously none of my ideas are working. So why don't you give me your idea? Uh, It's so simple, but so deep. (laughs) What's coming out right now. It's like so simple, but so deep. Some of you will get it all tomorrow. So he took me to Genesis 1. And I said, but Lord, I preached nine weeks on that in 2021, and it was amazing. You showed up. It was awesome. And he said, yep, do it again. And I said, but uh, I've got to have some better revelation than what I had before. He said, teach it again. But this is what I want to talk to you about because we will get to that and that's where I was going this morning but obviously we're going some other Psalm 1 verse 1 Blessed is the man honored highly favored is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly Some of you are walking in the counsel of the ungodly. And you don't even know it. If people can walk with Jesus and not know it until he revealed himself to them, do you think you could walk in the counsel of the ungodly have no clue? Just saying. Blessed is a man who doesn't do that. Okay? So that's laying that out. But after you've walked in the counsel of the ungodly for a while, something happens. Let's continue reading. Nor stands in the path of sinners. 
So now you're not just walking with people that don't know anything about Jesus and actually are helping you to sin. But now you're not just on a mission with them. Now you're actually just going to stand in their council and talk. nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So you're so comfortable walking with them that you want to stand around and talk and gossip and be frustrated and all that stuff. And so not only are you walking with them, but now you're in their council and you're, you're talking about it, you're talking about it. And now you've gotten so comfortable with that that you actually sit down with them. But his delight, the one that doesn't do all this, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. See, I think that the delusion of the church is that we're offended, so we become fruitless. And the Lord wants us to be fruitful. Right? Okay, I'm going to prove it to you and then I'm going to close and then we'll pick it up next week. Go to Genesis 1. If this is not highlighted and written in and like devoured in your Bible, then that's your job this week. Many of you don't even need to read it, so let's just say, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, pause. If all you were given was the first page of your Bible, now there are some countries where that's all you get. You get one page of Ephesians or one page of Judges or one page of whatever. If you were given this page and I hand you this page, you know nothing about the mercy of the Lord. You know nothing about all of it. And don't, I don't need any of you teachers out there or anybody watching the video to say, you're saying that the rest of the scripture doesn't matter. Not at all what I'm saying. Hear me out. You only have this scripture here. Walk with me. Use your imagination. God gave it to you to use it. The world has told you your whole life you can't use it. But when you were young, you used it all the time. I used to be able to fly off of the banister. It was great. And I was a superhero. That was my imagination. And then the world tells you, that dream is horrible. You should just go work in the... Anyway, I'll stop. So in all of the chaos of everything, God writes your story in a book and then he says, listen, now that I've written it in a book, I have to create something that can live it out. And so he starts with speaking into the world as a creator and he says, I'm gonna create something that pleases me. See, we miss that part sometimes. We just think he created everything. No, he created the stuff that pleased him. So he speaks into darkness and the world's formed. Light, dark, all that stuff. You can read it. I don't have to go down through the days. Maybe I will, but he speaks, things are created. But that's a little too nonspecific. He speaks and worlds are created. Okay, go with me to Genesis 126. You know it, you've memorized it. But I want you to turn there and I want you to mark it up if it isn't marked up. Then God said, let us make man in our image. That's the human race. According to our likeness. Okay. I want to go deeper than what you know about this. So we're created in the image of the Trinity, the three. We're created in their image. We know one thing. This is all you've been given, this one page of the Bible. What do you know about the Father? The only thing that I can gather, if I lay everything else I've learned aside, is that he's a creator. That's it. I don't know of his love. I don't know of his compassion yet. I don't know of his saving grace. I don't know of his miracles. I don't know of all that. All I know is he's a creator. So if I read this scripture and I don't know all the rest, whenever I get to verse 26 and it says, let us make man, mankind in our image, that means that mankind is a creator. 
you think that you're in this thing called life and you're just like, I've got a destined path of 85 years and I'll go to be with Jesus. No. You were created in the image of God. Every human being. My dog didn't come in whenever I got home, whenever I walked in the front door. Molly didn't come up to me and say, look what I created. There's only one created thing that has the ability to create. And that's you. And so, if we're going to create things, that means that our current world that we live in is something that we already created. So if you don't like it, change it, you're a creator. So we often get into a place where we're like, Larry, oh my gosh, I parked my thing and, and somebody parked there and I can't get it, I can't get it, I can't get it. Well, you know what you could do? You could partner with the creator of the world and create something. Let me keep reading. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all of the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So you have dominion. Can we agree on that? You'll find out why here in a bit. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Many people miss that whole verse nowadays. He only created two, male, female. Not the rest of the alphabet. Man, man created the alphabet. Okay, verse 28. You ready? This, so think about this. God said about his creation, he said, get this, you gotta write this word down. God said about his creation, we're gonna create them like us. Now, write this in your Bible. God says to creation, Verse 28. See, I think we get the about and the two mixed up. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, that's how we know it's not just one. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Now, he breathes into Adam. Mankind is now here. Eve is created. And he says, be fruitful. See, I love the New Testament. I love when Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Love it. Healing the sick, cleansing the leper, doing all that. Uh, my question is, have we really gotten the first words he ever said to the prized thing he created for his pleasure? Which is you and me. Are we doing the first thing he spoke into our ears? If you think about the ears of Adam were created, the first thing that he heard in his eardrum was, be fruitful, Adam, and multiply. Fill the earth and have dominion over it. He gave four commands. My question for you is this. Can we go to Canada if we haven't acknowledged the predicament we're in? No. If we just assume we're going without the trailer, we're just going to go. Can we live out the Great Commission, which we all love so much? Hear my heart. Can we live out the Great Commission and go and do the great works of God without doing the first thing he told us in Scripture? Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth and have dominion over it. First thing he said. So here's what I want to do. We're going to go on this journey together to understand what those things really mean. But I got to have some commitment from you all that if you find out that you're not producing fruit, you go back to this. 
and say, where am I offended? What has got me all tripped up and trapped up? And you deal with it. Can we agree that has to happen? Because if you have this in your life and it's set, you cannot be fruitful. So I can stand here as your pastor and bring you 17 more weeks on offense and unfruitfulness. Or I can go ahead and move on to the greater things of the kingdom. I think it's amazing that we got to deal with offense, but I can move on to actually teaching you how to be fruitful. But you have to come with the understanding that if you have this in your life, in any case, you will not be able to do what I'm about ready to teach you. Because you will not produce fruit because you have a trap inside of you called offense. And this is a constant journey, by the way. When you're all exposed and everything, the Lord says, oh, there's some cheese over there in that corner. Let's deal with that one today. So what I want to do is I want to journey into the first things that God spoke into mankind. And I want to begin to dissect it because I want to be fruitful. So go back with me to Psalm 1. Blessed is a man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, sit with them, stand with them, sit with them. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law he meditates day and night. I'm going to give you a picture of fruitfulness. You ready? He shall be like a tree planted beside the waters that brings forth fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. If you have this, you're not planted by the waters. If this is in your life, you may be planted, but you're probably stuck. So he says, get rid of that. Don't allow the world to encapsulate your thoughts and your minds and your actions and lead you down a path of apathy, complacency, and sitting in the counsel of the ungodly. But I would rather if you were a tree planted by the rivers of water. That is the most optimal place to grow. Your roots are getting fed and you may not even have rain, right? You're planted in the right spot, in the right area to produce the fruit that God has called you to do. And I can tell you that that garden is not called a fence. That brings forth fruit in its season. If the first thing he said to all of creation was be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, then we best know how to be fruitful we better know as believers what can keep us from bearing fruit we already know one of them we got to know what the best conditions are to bear fruit but i want to end with this some of you in the room you parked your trailer and somebody has stepped in the way i feel like one of the best ways to become fruitful in our lives is to cry out to the Lord and to begin to worship him before he ever does anything. So I want to invite the team up because there's a breakthrough that needed to happen this morning in your mind that you are a creator. Do you realize that there are some bad people in the world that have created some very bad things, but they're still creators. Because all of mankind is created in the image of God, and they're all creators. The thing is, their motivation to create may be the, the dollar, it may be to perpetuate evil, it may be other things. But I think that we've missed the first things that the Lord has commanded each of us to do and so we don't even know how to be fruitful. We don't even know what multiplication looks like. 
because we've lived in a world that wants to subtract and subtract and subtract and they want to park their car in front of our destiny and we've allowed it to sit there so would you stand this morning if if anything throughout this day has spoken to you I'm not asking for you to respond because I need a a pat on the back I just spent a lot of time with Lord I got the pats on the butt and the pat on the back I got it this isn't for me this is for you if something in your life is out of alignment or someone has stepped into your life and they've been distracting you from your destiny then today's the day to just hand it to the Lord Instead of throwing up your arms and complaining the next five days or seven days or whatever, going into work and complaining about your boss, why don't you just hand it to him and say, listen, I'm going to celebrate before I ever see it happen. If that's you this morning, then come down. Let somebody pray with you. Lay it down here at the altar. we got a great cleaning team. Leave it. So that when you come back, when you come back in this space and you're with other believers, You're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly. You're not standing in the way of sinners. You're not sitting in the seat of the scornful. That you're actually clean and ready to roll. Maybe God's going to send you somebody this week that can walk in and hitch up your trailer. Or maybe you're going to sit in the cab and complain and beat the steering wheel all day long. And no one walking by will ever know that you need help. Today's the day. This is what family is all about. Let's get going. Let's get what God has for us. Father, today we celebrate your word. We celebrate who you are. Father, we celebrate your presence in this place. And Lord, today we lay down all the things that distract us, that keep us from going where you've called us to go. But Lord, this morning we turn them over to you. Would you come and invade our space? Would you come and invade our situation? We promise that we will celebrate before you ever lift your hand. Just you being in our situation gives us joy. Would you come and change us today? As we worship, would you just lay your heart before the Lord? Thank you, Lord. listen I've got it I'm good I'm good I'm not dealing with nobody's parked their car in front of my trailer I'm good my question is maybe you're pulling in the night before and parking your car today are you gonna purpose in your heart that when somebody does pull in front of your trailer when you come back in the morning who you're gonna honor first maybe that's the shift that needs to happen in your life right now maybe you need to lay down the the pride or the things that that have stopped you from being who you are but maybe Maybe you haven't even experienced the toughness yet, but are you going to determine in your heart that he's the one that you worship before he ever lifts his hand towards you, that you're just going to worship him because he's good? Thank you, Lord. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. 
You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, cause Jesus, you are Waymaker, miracle worker Promise keeper, light in the darkness My God, that is who you are Yes, you are Waymaker, miracle worker Promise keeper, light in the darkness My God, that is who you are It's your nature, Jesus Waymaker, miracle worker Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Yes, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Oh, we sing it in faith because we know our God. We sing it in faith because we know your character, Jesus. Oh, you never stop. Yes, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You are here, touching every presence in this place we thank you Lord that you show up that you care so much to be in our situation even if we don't know that you're there sometimes but you're there and you're wanting us to celebrate your proximity not just your performance Lord may we celebrate that you're always close not just what you do for us give us hope burn something in us this week 
something that will just never be able to be changed. Encourage us, show us how. Lord, I pray that this week you would reveal to each person how they're fruitful. Show them the fruit, but also, Lord, show them where they need to be more fruitful. And as we go on this journey as a church together about what is fruitfulness and and how can we bear more fruit and how can we multiply and how can we fill the earth and how can we subdue it, Lord, I just pray that your spirit would begin to move among our people, move among our leadership team, move among our staff that would see your heart and your calling and your desire for each of us. We lay down our desire to pick up yours. We thank you, Lord. May this season in which we bear much fruit be a season in which the world knows that you love them through us. May that be so plain to everyone we see. So Lord, we just celebrate you and all that you are. Lord, may you give each person in this room, may you give each of them a realization of who you are and how much you love them this week. Would you just put your arms around them? Would you just provide that safe place for them? And Lord, we know that in that moment, it takes a choice on our part. And so I pray over this house that the boldness to choose his peace and love and quietness would be easy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I have a few announcements. If you're being ministered to, you can stay. Don't don't move around. You're fine. Small groups. September 28th, 6.30 in this room. Um, Man, God just birthed a vision while I was gone about what this is. And I thought we had it figured out. (laughs) But he so wants to do so much more. So this isn't just for you. This is for you and those people that you've wanted to get to church, but they might be weirded out by all this, right? Bring them, love on them. Let us love on them. And let's learn about how good our God is. And let's make it super practical. We wanna provide care to every person. But there's an issue with providing care is that we have to be able to receive care. And so I hope that as you engage in this process of these groups that you learn not only to receive care, but how to give care. The widow's lunch is this Wednesday and I hear it's a good menu. Um, Kids party is next Sunday right after church until 2.15. So here's my question. As a family, adults, our kids are gonna have a party next Sunday Right after church, you're going to eat a bunch of food and play a bunch of games until 2.15. Now, I know this might cramp your lunch and your nap. But my question is, would we be able to, like, right after service, I don't know what it looks like. I haven't even talked to anybody about this. But can we go just, like, walk through their area and celebrate them and let them know that we care and that we want them to have fun and we can have a little fun too? I'm just saying. The youth worship night is tomorrow night at 7 here. So if you know somebody that's a youth, come. And if you're youthful in heart, come. How's that? And senior life is September 29th. So we're going to get together on the 28th. And then our our awesome senior life people are going to come together and eat lunch on the 29th. And they're going to say how awesome it was to see people get touched by the Lord. Amen. Amen. The offering basket is in the back. Please uh, drop your offering there. And uh, God is faithful. He is faithful in your giving. He gives us things. You realize we own nothing. It's all his. So the thing that you've been asking the Lord for, he owns it. But he won't give you something that's going to trip you up. Some of you will get that tomorrow. Let's close in prayer. Father, May the peace of God go with every single family, every representative here in this place. Would joy come through in every situation? And Lord, I pray for fruit in this body 
kingdom fruit. This week, no matter where we are on this planet, Lord, just bring fruit into your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. If you enjoyed today's message, I would like to encourage you to like it and share it on all social media platforms or jump on the website, thesummitdover.com or the app and click the giving link and help us continue to share the message of the kingdom across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.